the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Dr. David Anderson, senior pastor and founder of Bridgeway Community Church in Columbia, Maryland. And I am so glad that you are tuned in now to our new special Saturday edition of Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. You're going to hear conversations from recent talks where I've connected with radio listeners just like you to help them build bridges of reconciliation, race, religion, relationships. Are you ready? Let's get started. We are talking about politics today. Do you like politics? Do you have political fatigue? Uh, Or um, are you politically loyal? Are you loyal to uh, one party, one president, one uh, particular ideology? I'd love to hear from you. 888-432-7434. Or just remember the word bridge. 888-43-BRIDGE. All right, let's go to Germantown, Maryland, and talk to Philip, who's on the line. Hi, Philip. Welcome to the show. Hey, hey, Dr. Anderson. I'm I'm blessed to to have you receive my call. God bless you for all that you do. Thank you, brother. And all the enlightenment that you spread when you're on air. Bless you, brother. My question, and it's funny, or my comment, Mm -hmm. uh, is twofold. In that one, you know, while I'm waiting on break, you yeah. know, you had a couple of commercials, yeah. and it's funny how one of them had to do with a um, uh, conversation about a multicultural ministry. Yeah. So getting to the political side of things, I'm politically irritated, irritated. with the Trump administration and the one, to me, it doesn't represent a fair amount of Multicultural, uh, multicultural, okay, uh, populace that's here in the United States. There's right. not a diversity in his cabinet or mm-hmm. a lot of the major positions right. of people who have been put in power to yeah. run this country, and that uh-huh. they're so scandalous in the administration that and, and their minds are preoccupied with so many trivial things mm. that other countries are probably laughing at us for. Versus them trying to take care of business right. and the common man. Huh. It's like the guy you just had on, the small businessman. Right. And how he tells us that he gets got slammed with taxes and this and that and the other sure. thing. And I don't think hmm. the administration is looking out for the common everyday like Sly and the Stone say, used to sing, the yeah. everyday kind of people. Now, what is your... Uh, that's, that, that's my irritation. I understand it, Philip. What's your uh, ethnic background? I'm African-American. I grew okay. up in an interracial family, though. Uh-huh. Okay. Reason a I, blended family. reason I ask is because and, I, um, I wonder if if that is a common thought of of many ethnic people, but maybe a lot of uh, white, my white brothers and sisters don't see it like that. Like, do they recognize that the cabinet is not 
uh, diverse? Do they recognize how many other uh, people and different groups of folk actually feel disenfranchised? Or do they simply not see it or feel like you're being divisive when you bring that up? So that's what, the only reason why I asked you uh, what your ethnic background well, absolutely, was. Absolutely, and I'm mm-hmm. glad you brought that up. And my feeling is, or sentiment or opinion, is that they do not. Mm-hmm. They do not. Yeah, got and, you. Okay. And, and that, to me, has caused grave concern from the onset of this administration. Right, right, and right. There's okay. just so many things that, that, that need to be done got to help you. the average, everyday American person I got you. who's struggling to live, struggling to survive in this society got it. with the systematic things that are going on. It irritates me. Well, politically irritated. That wasn't on my list, but I, now it's on my category list. You know, are you politically fatigued, politically loyal, or politically irritated? So you've already added a category, <laughs> Philip. From Germantown. Thanks for your comment, okay? Uh, let's go to uh, Spiza in Wheaton, Maryland. Hi, Spiza. Welcome. How you doing, Dr. Anderson? Oh, it's actually, uh, Spiza. Spiza. But it's okay. Uh, okay, Spiza. Sorry about that. I thought, it was, I thought it was like pizza, but uh, clearly it's like uh, uh, Spiza. So I got right. it now, my friend. What are you thinking? Well, basically, I just wanted to uh, give my opinion and say that I feel that the gospel in itself is uh, an absolute, and it doesn't need any Christian participating in any political events, mm-hmm. such as the ones going on now. And I think it is clear and evident that the uh, political issues going on now have nothing to do with the gospel. So, Spizza, are so, you like, saying are you saying yeah, Christians yeah, but, shouldn't be in politics? Is that what I'm hearing, or did I get that wrong? I believe that is true. I don't believe that. Christians uh, need to be dabbling in politics because that stirs up uh, one side and and mm, interesting and fancies the other. Interesting. I wonder. So if, I think that Jesus is hmm. for everybody, and I think we should give the Caesar what is Caesar's and give the Jesus what is Jesus. And nothing okay. going on right now. Okay, I believe is evidently right. of Jesus. Well, I wonder if other people feel the same way. I appreciate your call, Spizza. Bless you. We are talking about political fatigue, political loyalty, and I want to talk to you about what your thoughts are about politics. Through the conversation, we've learned that uh, several people, a couple so far, have said, you know, Christians should not be involved in politics. I take a different view. I think they should be involved. I think they ought to be trying to make a difference uh, and under the spirit of God, moving and grooving throughout all three levels of government. Uh, but you don't have to agree with me. That's why I have the show, because I want us to be able to stretch each other. Maybe maybe you'll push me a different direction. I don't know. What do y'all think? Do you agree with uh, with Spiza and with Corey, or do you disagree? Or maybe you're thinking that Christians should not be involved in politics and you want to uh, build a case for it. Uh, my overall topic is about political fatigue. Do you, are you just tired of it? Or are you like me, kind of get excited about it? I do watch it every day that I can. Um, Are you politically loyal? Now, I can't say that I'm loyal uh, to any one candidate. Uh, There's some candidates I like, some candidates I don't, some party platforms I like, some party platforms I don't. Being an independent, I can go either way and choose either side. I'm not beholden to one party over the other. And, but I, uh, I don't know if I'm particularly loyal uh, to any one particular uh, candidate or uh, office holder. But I want to hear from you. 888-432-7434. Let's go to Mark in Annapolis, Maryland. Hey, Mark, it's Dr. Anderson here. Hi. How you doing? 
Good. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm alive and grateful. Thanks for hanging with me today. So what are you thinking? Uh, Dr. Anderson, I have to agree with you. Um, okay. I believe that Christians should be involved in politics, but okay. they um, should be. Okay. not just specifically in politics. I believe that Christians should be wherever God calls them to be. Ooh, that's good. And, uh, if that's a school teacher, great yes. school teacher. If that's a politician, great. If that's a radio mm-hmm. host, great. Mm. Where God calls you to be, that is the context in which you need to serve him. Love your neighbor. Mm. And, and make disciples out of all nations. Now, look at you, Mark. You just went biblical on me. I like it. <laughs> basically, basically, wherever the Lord calls you, that's where you got to go, huh? Absolutely. And I believe he's called many Christians into the political arena. Mm. And uh, they have influenced our nations and our world mm. uh, for the positive. Got it. Hey, well, listen, Mark from Annapolis, thanks for hanging with me today. I appreciate your comment, okay? Thank you. Blessings Thanks for letting to me share you. my opinion. Of course. Let me go to Romeo. He's in Washington, D.C. Hello, Romeo. How are you? I'm good, Pastor. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for hanging with me. What are you thinking, sir? I agree with you that Christians should be in politics. Mm-hmm. But I think that that Christian has to be strong enough and grounded in their faith to realize that uh-huh. they cannot... Uh, put their Christian values on other people who mm. may not be Christians. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we have to be very careful on that. Just like with President Obama, I was very disappointed in him uh, moving from um, passing or pushing forward the same-sex marriage mm-hmm. uh, agenda. Um, I'm okay. Well, I'm not as a Christian. I don't believe in that. But I so think he wasn't he pushing. He wasn't pushed. pushing a Christian agenda there, right? No, right. But what I was going to say was he shouldn't have allowed them to use the word marriage. He should have Mm -hmm. called it civil union or -hmm. something else because marriage was defined by Christ in Genesis, second chapter, Mm -hmm. when it's for a man and a woman. So Uh it wasn't uh, defined by a government or a court system, but it was defined by God. Mm -hmm. So that's the only problem I have when you start mixing politics and Mm -hmm. your Christian walk because it most definitely should not have been a union I mean, yeah. a, a marriage. It should gotcha. have been a, a civil union. Gotcha. Even though I'm not, I don't agree with that. Yeah. But again, I can't push my belief on other people. Sure. You know, they have to deal with that on their own. Sure. I appreciate your thoughts, Romeo. Oh, God bless you. And, uh, you know, I agree. I wanted the, the term civil union uh, when I, we were talking about this. I talked with my governor about it. And I really wanted to make sure that most of all, whether you called it marriage or civil union, that I was covered as a minister. And that churches were covered so you wouldn't be forced to uh, to hire or keep somebody who may be living a different lifestyle than what the scripture would endorse. And so we were able to, uh, thankfully, get that language in uh, the bill from Maryland when Maryland went with uh, marriages uh, for same-sex uh, couples. And so, uh, but your point is well taken. Uh, I do think that Christians ought to be involved in politics. But guess what? All Christians aren't going to agree on on these things. And so whether it's marriage or civil union, uh, I believe that the state can marry anybody they want, you know, even if it's not a Christian marriage. I think Christian marriage ought to be separate. We ought to say what a sacred marriage is and what a secular marriage is. So when the state does it, it's secular. Uh, When believers in Jesus do it, it's sacred. And that's what I'd like to see 
Uh, but, you know, the reality is that's not where we are. Uh, so there you have it. You have my two cents on it. Uh, that really politics is about leadership and the, the leading of a nation, the leading of people, the, the managing of resources. And so if we're not involved as believers in that at all, where are the resources going to go and how are the schools going to be zoned and at what level should they not be in politics? For instance, local politics is a school board. You don't think that uh, Christians ought to be on the school board or, uh, or you know, um, be the county executive or anything like that? It has to be secular people. This is just a thought. I want to hear from you. Triple eight four three bridge Let's go to uh, Laurel, Maryland and talk to Savannah. Hi, Savannah. Welcome to the show. How are you? Uh, hi, Dr. Anderson. I'm fine. Thank you. Thanks for calling. What's your comment or question? Um, well, I have a comment about um, biblical, I mean, not biblical, but the political fatigue you were talking about. Um, and it's a different perspective. I'm a school teacher in Prince George's County. Okay. And I, I've been teaching in the county for 15 years. Mm, and one you. of the things I enjoy is teaching about current events and, mm-hmm. you know, the government. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when, when um, election season comes around, we really get involved. But it's getting very tiring um, mm-hmm. teaching mm-hmm. Uh, my fourth graders about these types of things because they wow. are so discouraged fourth grade you know they so tell me let me stop you yeah. let me stop you because i'm so fascinated okay with you savannah so you you're teaching fourth graders about politics mm-hmm. how do you deal with some of the seedy stuff that's coming out in politics today well i number one i say i stay out of it okay. in that i don't give my personal opinion Okay. About anything. Okay. I mean, I never have. Not this, you know, not this president, not past presidents. It was just not something where the kids would leave saying, oh, Ms. Jackson loves Obama or Ms. Jackson feels this way about whoever. Because I'm there to teach them Mm. about, you know, the election process and, you know, these are your candidates and this is how it's done. Okay. You know, from an objective point of view, because that's what they deserve. But what about current events? well, that's what I was going to say. At the same time, when these things are happening every day, mm. which, you know, I start to mention, you know, we're talking about the branches of government. So I say President Trump, you know, and I'll say this in the judicial system and all of these things. Mm. And the students start making connections. Mm. And then they're the ones that say, but he said this and he did oh, that. Wow. And I saw this on the news and I saw that <laughs> on the radio. <laughs> How do you handle that? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, it's, you know, it's, I really have to depend on the spirit oh, of God. because. Lord. I can jump in there with them. Sure, um, sure. But sometimes it's very emotional for me right. because one right. of the most hurtful things that happened this year is that, you know, we celebrate diversity. You know, my school is very diverse. Okay. Um, you know, we talk about inclusion and just making sure students realize that our country right. has come from a certain place. You right. know, you talk about civil rights movement right. and different things. So our country has come from a certain place, but now we can celebrate. And they're looking at me like, what? That's not what I'm seeing on the news. So, you know, and so they, they can tr- like, they can truly you know, discern so that, like they can tell. They can. How, how old are they? Eight they years tell. old, right? No, they're nine and ten. Nine, nine, and, 10 uh, years nine old. and ten. They already know. Okay. Yeah, and you know when we learned about you know students protesting, right. you know, in in Selma and in Montgomery, Alabama, and they saw all the things that were happening with those students. Right. I literally had a student say, "Well, Miss Jackson, isn't that what's happening with the police now?" Wow. And what do I say? I can't say. Right. Oh no, that's not it. 
Right. You know, but right. I have to tell them, well, you know, our country has come a very long way from this. However, this is why people are afraid now. This is right. why people are getting upset. This is why people are protesting. Right. And, you know, it's just you got to. So I what about. I don't want them to continue to feel discouraged about so it. So what about the guns uh, thing with the school shoot uh, shooting in Florida and and the uh, walkouts and stuff like that? Are they a little too young for that or is that coming up, too? Well, I think they're a little too young. None of okay, that has good. come up. Praise the Lord. Uh, at, okay. at my school. Yeah, good. none Praise of that has Lord. come up. I mean, this is, we stop at fifth grade at my school, so they are kind of young. You good. know, we do um, lockdown drills on a regular basis and things okay. like that. But thankfully, you know, the kids don't seem afraid good. of anything. They're mostly affected by the things sure. going on with our president and, sure. you know, politics. I yeah. was talking to the students about diversity, and one student said, well, Ms. Jackson, do you think that diversity will end in our country? And I said, well, mm. why do you say that? And she said, because the president said he doesn't want certain people. He prefers people to come from certain countries rather right. than other countries. And I knew exactly mm. what she was talking about, right. but I didn't say, oh, yeah, he said, blah, blah. I just left it at well, what you she have said. Well, you have to and be said, disciplined. You know, I'm sure you have to be disciplined. Yes, but do. can I just say, because i got to yeah. move on, but can I just say thank you for being one of our teachers uh, to our children in Prince George's County. I know it's not easy, but it's people like you who are the real heroes. So thank you so much. Thank you. Pray for us. Pray for us out here. <laughs> you got it. Thank you. God bless you. Yeah, my sister Sandra McGraw-Anderson, she is a teacher as well. So I uh, just a uh, thumbs up uh, to all of you teachers. Let's go to Patricia in Prince Frederick, Maryland. Hi, Patricia. Welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm fine, Dr. Anderson. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. Thanks for calling. I got a couple minutes with you, and I want to make sure I maximize it. So go ahead and tell me, what are you thinking today? Okay, I want to try to make this quick, because I do not agree with Christians being in politics. Okay. And as I was listening uh, to other people that came on, and I have to say what God gives me to say. First of all, uh, the Word of God says, and let's go to the Word. The Word says that we are not to be entangled with mm-hmm. the affairs of the world. That's mm-hmm. number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you mentioned So you about can't shop, you can't shop at McDonald's? About, you can't work at McDonald's or shop at McDonald's? Because that, that's the no, affairs of the, the world. the affairs of this world, meaning, meaning politics. So that only means but politics. This, this, okay, I know go ahead. you had mentioned about Daniel. Mm-hmm. You had mentioned about Daniel and mm-hmm. Joseph. But we have to look at the word. God placed Daniel. You have to remember, the Hebrews were in slavery. Mm-hmm. In Babylon, at, at, you know, in slavery at that time. Right. To make this quick. Yep. And God seconds. used him to interpret dreams. Right. So that God had His hand there, but he—it wasn't like he went out and got both. Sure. But he was appointed. He was he appointed, was though. So if he, so, he was—he was appointed. So could you be appointed? He, he was appointed, but okay. it wasn't like he was playing politics. You know but what I mean? St- but it's still politics, whether you're appointed or whether you're elected. It's still it's still politics, and no matter how you get there. And Miss Patricia, I gotta I gotta let you go, but it's still politics, no matter how you get there. So Rex Tillerson's in politics, but he didn't run for office. He was appointed as Secretary of State. People are appointed as ambassadors, and then a whole lot of people who are working at administrative functions within the government. Uh, and so, are we not supposed to work in the government? Are we not supposed to be appointed as believers? Say, I'm sorry, sir, I can't serve, or I'm sorry, ma'am, I can't serve because I'm a Christian. Joseph was appointed, but it was still politics. David was a king. It was still politics. Now, the kind of politics, it wasn't uh, a democratic voting type thing. 
But when it talks about the affairs of the world, I don't believe it's talking about just politics. I believe it's talking about getting involved in the rudimentary evils of the world's affairs, regardless whether it's in a school system or whether it's in a political system. I think, again, it's just my opinion. I love hearing yours, and that's why I let so many of you call, because it's so important to hear one another. And guess what? We're all Christians, whether we agree with this or not. It's just a great conversation to hear one another. That's what the bridge building talk of Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson is all about, trying to learn and understand one another. In bookstores now, Gracism, the Art of Inclusion. What if you take a negative word like racism and a positive word like grace and blend them together? Then you have Gracism. The focus is on the positive both when it comes to ministry and life so that we can all reach the worthy vision God has laid out for us. There is no doubt that author Dr. David Anderson believes that through the movement of the Holy Spirit and by following the seven sayings of a gracist, we all have the capacity to become gracists ourselves. This book is a must-read for anyone who wishes for the extension of favor on their lives and the lives of everyone they encounter. Gracism, the Art of Inclusion, is published by University Press and can be purchased at your local bookstore, Amazon.com, or going to Andersonspeaks.com. It's Brandywine, Maryland. We're talking to Gigi, who's on the line. Hi, Gigi. Welcome to the show. Anderson, how are you? Oh, I'm alive and grateful. Thanks for hanging out with me. What are you thinking? Okay, a quick question. Sure. I mean, I have like a thousand things I want to talk to you about all the time (laughs) because you always remind me of a good, good father or a good uncle or a good brother to talk to. I I appreciate you. I'm right here with you, my sister. How can I serve you best today? (laughs) Okay, so... I want to talk to you about the call. How do you know that you know that you are called? Mm. You know, I'm not going to hear, I know I'm not going to hear a voice from heaven like, Gishla, I want you to do this. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. How do you know? Well, <laughs> I think it's, I think it's a great question. Someone asked, Lord, how do I know what's your voice? I listened to the to the thunder; it wasn't there, and you know, you, you listened to the wind; it wasn't there, and then it was in your still, sure. gentle whisper that I heard. That's what you know in the days of Elijah. So I would say, setting ourselves sure. in a place where we can hear God's voice speaking to our spirit is an important posture of listening. I think another thing is reading mm-hmm. reading God's word and being in prayer. Uh, But you take all that into account. Let's say we're still doing all of that. How do I know God's call? Part of it is stepping out in faith with what your gifts are. And then lastly, it's feeling the confirmation of other people that says what you're doing was anointed. So I think all of those things kind of help somebody who doesn't have a clear call. Now, there's some people that have a clear call, a very specific call, like Paul. Paul had a clear call to go preach to the Gentiles, okay? So he had that that big, broad call. But how did he know where to go, whether it was Ephesus or whether it was Colossae or whether it was Alexandria? So those were very specific leadings of God's spirit. I want you now to go here on this missionary journey, or I want you to go there on that missionary journey, or don't go into that town because they're hostile. So those are everyday uh, sort of a GPS that God gives you by his spirit, all right, the global positioning spirit that God uses. But the general call for him was preaching to the Gentiles. 
So your general call is going to be, of course, to know God and to make him known and to share the gospel with others. But you're saying, Lord, how do I know where to go, what to do? Well, and again, all those other things I said, including stepping out on faith with regard to your gifts. Now, Gigi, let me ask you, do you know what what your spiritual gifts are? Yes. I do. What's As a matter top? of fact, I'm What's an exhorter for, for okay. sure. Now, my number one gift is exhorter. Okay. My my second and a friend of mine may laugh. She's like, you're, you know, you know, you're a teacher preacher. I was like, I think mm-hmm. I'm exhorter. And I'm almost and and servant. Sure. You no know, servant. Okay, that's great. That's what I like to do. That's great. So now you know what your gift, you know, your gifts are. So you're an encourager. You're an exhorter. You're preacher teacher. You're verbal and you're putting out words yeah. that encourage people and stimulate them to do what God wants them to do. Now that's great. So now the question question becomes, Lord, where's my audience? Is my audience online? Is my audience in a church? Is my audience outside? Uh, You know, where's my audience? Is my audience to children? Is my audience to adults, to seniors? Get in front of audiences, whether it's through writing exhortation, speaking exhortation, being on shows. Uh, You know, there's so many different ways for that gift to be manifest. Start manifesting it to Mm -hmm. different audiences and see what God affirms. How's that sound? That sounds great. There Thank you, you go. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Blessings yeah. to you. Thank you so right. much, Gigi from Brandywine, Maryland. This is Rich Becker, producer of Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. The radio ministry of Real Talk with Dr. Anderson is made possible by the generosity of listeners like you. If this nonprofit ministry is a blessing to you, will you prayerfully consider partnering with us? With an ongoing monthly gift of $30 or more, you'll become a Real Talk partner. As a way of saying thank you, we would love to send you a signed copy of Dr. Anderson's book, Gracism. Thank you for making this important ministry possible. We can't do it without you. Visit andersonspeaks.com and simply click the donate button to support Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. That's andersonspeaks.com. You've been listening to Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson, Weekend Edition, a ministry of Bridgeway Community Church. We would love to have you join us at Bridgeway in our Performing Arts Theater in Columbia, Maryland, for one of our three identical Sunday services at 8 a.m., 10 a.m., and noon. Or join us online at www.bridgeway.cc. Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson airs live weekdays on this station and is ready to take your calls. Tune in at 3 p.m. weekdays on WAVA 105.1 FM. We hope to see you tomorrow at church. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.